Welcome to the production line with Tom PK. I'm your host, and today is our final episode of season two. And I'm going to be chatting with artist, producer, songwriter, who shot Scott. He's known for self-producing all of his own music, as well as the likes of artists Black City and Podiso. On the day of recording, he's just released his third EP, Mercy 3. One of the singles, Lona's Anthem, has gained over a million streams on Spotify. Today we're going to chat about his new project, production philosophies, and get a look into one of his favourite sessions. I hope you all enjoy. Hey man, how's it going? Good, good. You can hear me, you can hear me, you can see me? It's all perfect from my end. Awesome, bro. Well, I mean, I think we should start off by talking about your EP that's dropped today. How's how's cool. that all going? Yeah, I mean, it's only been how long now? Like less than twelve hours. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Um, you know, with these sorts of things, it's always like a very delayed reaction. You know, you make something, mm-hmm. you put your heart and soul into it, you finish it, and then then you start like rolling it out kind of slowly. You know, and so these songs. <clears throat> while they're new in terms of existing in the public eyes uh yeah it's been they've been with me for a while so i've sort of like it's it's always a weird feeling because as an artist you all you're always moving forward and you're you're leveling up maybe your skills or you're just you're just growing as a person really and um so by the time you release music you may not be in the same place emotionally as you once were right but I've been through it a couple of times now, and I think my way of finding sustainability within that kind of emotion is just under, like honoring. I I felt this way at one point, and that is super valid. Um, and when I say felt that way, I don't just mean like about the lyrics. I mean even just like production wise and taste level wise. Like all of this stuff was really something I felt strongly about, or like it had some sort of significance to me. What whether it was like twelve months ago, eight months ago, whatever it was. Um, I still need to honor that and release it, even though I'm consistently traveling, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 no, that's definitely fair enough. How long ago did you have these songs finished for the project? Mm, I believe May last year. I think we finished the EP Yeah. in terms of mixing and mastering. Um, but yeah, I started, I started writing... Uh, in 2021, like late 2021 is when this the writing would have started. So I would have done some of my earliest demos back then. Yeah, And it was about like a, uh, maybe like a six, six month process to get this one to the finish line. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so this one's called Mercy 3 and it's part of a trilogy. Is it coming to an end on this one or is there going to be more? Yeah, this is, it's a trilogy. So I've I always sort of had this concept of because this is you know i'm a solo artist and this is me introducing um, myself to the world and my my sound i suppose to the world i always felt like well one ep isn't enough i don't think and an album is too long and it's too much to digest i always feel like yeah yeah, anything just too long is just a bit intimidating so i was like i'll break it it's almost like i made an album because each one has five tracks on it um but yeah, I just I just released it over a couple of years very slowly and surely. So yeah, I am um, I am ending it on the trilogy and I'll be moving forward into like new sort of worlds and new ways of presenting myself as Who Shot Scott. Um which I'm really excited about because, you know, like I'm very much like a forward thinking person, like, oh what's what's in front of us, what's in front, you know, like oh, all this yeah. exciting stuff. But yeah, I'm really as, as while saying that, I'm really um 
you know, trying to take this moment of like gratitude and yeah, just, just like look back and say, oh yeah, we, you know, we did it. Like I, I wanted this, I wanted this thing to happen. I conceptualized it and here it yeah. is, you know. It's nice yeah. to take those moments to kind of, to also reflect and stop and be like, okay, I have released this. This is great. You know, and not yeah. always be like pushing for the next thing. Have those wee moments. hundred percent. hundred percent. Cause yeah, it's, you're always going to, there's always going to be a, a bigger fish to catch. You know, there's always going to be something in front of you. Um, it is important. It is important just to take the moments as they come and be like, Hey, like, you know, when you when good things happen, you do need to acknowledge them as well. I think. Yeah, where's your head at now musically? Where where are you off to next? Um, just just continuing what I've started in terms of like what I started with the the songs I've been releasing. Just still discovering myself, still just delving more into my inner taste palette and my inner expression. I suppose as an artist. Um, yeah, just really trying to not be distracted by the outside noise of the music industry or the world around me really just like i've just like kind of cancelled it from my view and all i'm doing is just trying to enter an inward soul expression space as much as possible i feel like that's the endeavor that i'm on for my whole life really is like it's a lifelong endeavor of trying to get as close to my core programming as possible and doing things that feel very natural and primal almost in nature that don't I don't need to think about. So yeah, and I don't know if that really answers the question too well, but it's like just continuing the inward journey into yeah, yeah. finding out more about myself as an artist. Yeah. No, I think that does. Does that include you? So would you not listen to other music on Spotify or social media? Do you try and cut that kind of thing out when you're going inwards into your, your own artistic stuff? Yeah, I, I really don't listen to a lot of music. I especially don't listen to any contemporary music. Um, mm. You know, like anytime, there's, there's always this conversation like, around the studios and stuff when I'm like producing. It's like, oh man, did you hear the new so-and-so album or the new so-and-so? Like, I heard none of that. Like, And it's not like yeah. I'm too cool to listen to it. It's just I, I just don't see... My life at the moment is very much centered around my artistic expression. And that's like one of my main priorities in my life and so anything that doesn't serve that i just kindly sort of push away and listening you know the things we consume do whether whether it's in your subconscious or whether you know it they do influence you and i'm really really careful about what i consume i do listen to music the music that i listen to though is very curated and very selective and usually it's just it's just sort of like music that doesn't um it, a lot of it is experimental avant-garde music and the only reason is just so that it I, I feel like it's really good practice for me to listen to music that breaks rules so that i don't i just keep my own self on my own toes you know what i mean i'm like oh shit like yeah. you know always questioning what is possible with music what is you know you know like there are no rules you know i, I love like um death grips i listen to a lot, a lot of death grips i mentioned yeah, yeah. like heaps of interviews um <laughs> I love like Bjork, obviously. I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, and yeah, and, and also just like a lot of like, you know, so like a, a, I, th I think ever since I was a kid, I always liked 90s rock. Like I love the Red Hot Chili, you know, and I listen to them heaps too. So I, I, I will always go back and listen to the things that I listened to when I was growing up as well. I think that's really cool too. Yeah. I've heard Rick Rubin talking about how in his spare time he only listens to music that he wouldn't make or he doesn't understand to like mm -hmm. not influence him. So a lot of classical and jazz from his 
from his perspective. And I thought that's interesting because from my own artist stuff, it's so easy just to get influenced by listening to one artist and then who's just brought something out and you're like, oh, I want to make something like that. And then you jump to the next thing mm-hmm. and it's so easy to change your sound so often. How do you mm-hmm. find with the production side of you taking in that influence? Um, yeah, I think it's great. You know, it's like exposing myself to more tools and more ways to create emotions, you know, um, I feel like when I listen to music, I've been producing for such a long time that, and I'm sure a lot of producers can relate to this is like, you listen to a song and you just sort of hear the X-ray version of it. It's like, Oh, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. That's why all of this, that's why this feels good because, you know, it's almost like you can break it down. Um, and with pop music or like, with, you know, again, going back to why I don't listen to a lot of contemporary music is because I listen to it. I know exactly what's happening and I'm not learning anything from listening to that. Whereas um, if I'm listening to something a bit more genre bending, a little bit more, um, you know, something, something that's like completely out of pocket that I've never really heard. I'm going to learn so much. You know what I mean? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have that experience that I used to have when I was a kid and I knew nothing about music. And I just was like, Whoa, these sounds are really cool. I don't even know how to explain why they're cool, but they're really cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's more like just taking in more data and taking in more, like still enjoying the music and loving it and 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 very much feeling it, not not getting too like intellectual with it, but more just exposing myself to things that will challenge me and that will help me grow, basically. Yeah. Do you find it's easy to make time to listen to music? Because often producers they're working on it so long, they the last thing they want to do is go listen to music at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I am very selective with my times. If I've been listening to a lot of music, um, I usually will just chuck on a podcast. And finally enough, you mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it. It was it's the Rick Rubin podcast. I yeah, listen to it yeah. a lot. <laughs> or, or or his. Or, I'm currently I'm currently um, audio booking uh, the Creative Act, which is his book that just came out. Because yeah, yeah he's a, that. It's good, man. It's really, really good. But it's it, if you've listened to the podcast, it's like I've listened to a lot of those podcast episodes and you kind of get the sentiment of what his whole philosophy is about. Um, the book the book is just a more concise, packaged version of all of those philosophies, um, which is cool. You know, we could always use a reminder of, yeah, of everything. But yeah, it's, it, it, that's what I'll be listening to most of the time. I'll be listening to... Um, sometimes podcasts or audiobooks if I've been listening to too much music. But, you know, every now and again, I, you know, if, if I feel like, you know, taking a little trip into a sonic world, I, I will definitely, like, on a walk, just, like, play an album from start to finish or, mm. yeah, just listen, just, just just get it in when I can. It's not, it's not too, I'm not too formulaic when I listen. It's just, like, if I'm feeling up to it. Yeah. Speaking of producers, who would be, like, a producer that you'd want to produce an entire project for you? Do you have someone out there you'd be like, that would be sick? I think I think it would be Rick Rubin, just for the simple fact that um, he has a very, his approach is very much, um, it's almost like a lifestyle, you know what I mean? You, that, and, and, and I really resonate with that. I really resonate with, if you're going to do music or whatever it is that you do, it almost needs to just like, consume you and become you know your whole your whole thing you know like be, being an artist is actually kind of a byproduct of being a certain kind of person in general you know mm. um and i think rick rubin stands for that you know i've learned that he stands for that very strongly and i feel like i would 
create my best music with him. In saying that, though, I do produce all my own stuff, and I feel that there's a special um, connection that I have with my my, my personal music that I make um, because it's just me, and because I try to again just like explore inwards. But again, with Rick, he would be the kind of producer I imagine at least that would recognize that sort of workflow and that creative you know space and then be like okay let's delve more into that you know as opposed to trying to like mold me into something which i'm not or any artist that he works with yeah Yeah, it's a tricky balance i guess as a producer bringing your own flavor and trying to let the artist shine through how do you find that with other artists that you've produced for yeah it's that's a such a good question man because i've been dealing with that a lot you know i deal with that like i just did like i do song weeks sometimes and where like you know like you just get put in the room with a lot of people and i love it i feel like it's such a great experience to put get put in rooms with people that don't necessarily make the same genre that you make or you know that may challenge you as well um at the end of the day if i'm a producer in a room i'm in service to the artist and what they want to do it's not about me it's not about my ego if they open if they're open and they would like you know, for me to have some creative liberties and to add things that I think are tasteful, I'm always more than happy to add value that way. Mm -hmm. But I'm also aware that um, when we're in that room, whether it be me as the producer and the songwriter and then, you know, another songwriter maybe and then the lead artist, we're all just on one mission and that's to please whatever the lead artist's vision is, you know? so yeah, in, in in those cases, a lot of the time, if it's not resonating with my sound or anything, I'm like, that's cool. I still have technical abilities that I know I can use. And maybe naturally I will be bringing my own flavor into it. Um, but at least I know I have technical abilities and, I, and I'm an advocate for artistic expression, you know? So like my thing in those sessions is if the artist is happy and if, as long as I feel like they're being authentic to themselves, I feel like I'm doing my job regardless if it's got my my flavor in it or not. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you have a favorite part of the process in making a song? Is it like the start or the end or the middle? I think it's whatever process I'm in at the moment. You know, like right now, I'm loving this. I'm in, I'm in an ideas, what I call an ideas stage, where I'm writing for my new project and all I'm doing is just putting down all my ideas as raw and as unedited as possible um down and it's so much fun man it's like it's just there's no pressure you know like i don't even like a lot of the time it's just scat or gibberish you know takes there's no um there's no lyrics or anything but it's just so much fun. i'm just creating the vibe you know what i mean i'm just putting Mm -hmm. a hope sometimes i'll create like a whole song and all it is is just vibe you know and then i'll be like oh yeah i'll figure out all the the intricacies of like oh what the song is about and the songwriting and the lyrics and the final production decisions at the end but right now i'm just i like i'm having so much fun just putting ideas down with absolutely no pressure you know it's just it's, it's so fun man and, and I, so right now i'm i'm feeling like that's my favorite part but who knows you know maybe, maybe when i move into like the sort of more finishing stages of my production there will be something i appreciate in that which is a bit deeper i don't know hard to tell for now i'll answer that question with the start the ideas well, it's great that you're finding finding the idea space so much fun because I know often people can get overwhelmed and it's just like trying to enjoy the phase that you're at. That's really great. Yeah, and and almost like another thing which I've realized lately, and um, I was talking to uh, that guy because I just did the writing camp with Jordan Rakai, 
mm. and he he does the same process and i was so it was so nice to find someone else that does this is that i used to be a person that used to always like finish songs before moving on to other songs you know it's like i felt like i had to do one at a time but um i've recently adopted the mantra or like the the creative approach of doing things in stages so having a whole couple of months where it's just like for example i'm in right now ideas stage and all i'm doing right now is just throwing 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 ideas down at everything any idea i have it's all valid let's just chuck it in let's put it in. yeah then after after i've got like maybe like 50 maybe even 100 ideas down which sometimes they're just like 20 seconds long you know like they're nothing um then i'm like okay which one is, out of this 50 out of this 100 how can i narrow this down to a project whether that's five songs 15 songs whatever whatever have you and then it's like okay those songs let's develop let's start writing lyrics let's start adding a bit more production then once i've done that then i want to move on to the final stage of like finalizing production you know it's like okay now these mm. decisions are the ones that cement sort of like the feel if i feel like that kick isn't hitting hard enough like how do i need to change the kick do i need it you know and so doing things in full stages uh is a really really like dope way to do it man like i'm i'm loving I'm loving this new like found sort of process just because it, it makes me feel so much more liberated and so much more like direct with my intention. And Jordan was saying the thing he likes about it is that it gives a cohesiveness to the project because you're not sort of worrying about like finishing stuff. You're kind of just like in the zone, putting ideas down and yeah. So I don't remember what the question was. But <laughs> that's that's all rabbit, good. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's really interesting. It's great ways to hit people's different processes. Yeah. What is, the start of the songwriting process look like for you when you're chucking ideas down? Um, usually, you know, like it starts with, sometimes it'll start with an idea that I already have in my mind. Um, but that's, that's rare. I feel like more often than not, I'll be sitting down, you know, I'll open up a session and I usually would just like listen through some, some samples, maybe some loops, usually drum loops that give me a bit of groove and, I usually like will chuck a drum loop in from like splice or something like that, but I'll, I'll I'll never sort of it never really stays throughout. It more, more just acts as the catalyst to get me moving into the session. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like I'll sometimes they make it, sometimes it makes it through. I I usually adjust the drums. I never I, I'm never quite satisfied with drum loops. I'm always just like oh I wish it would just you know like I'm, I'm hearing things all the time. So I like I'll chop it up and. I use FL Studio, which is like awesome for drums. Oh, yeah. You know, you just like chop things up how you like. Um, so yeah, usually I'll start with a, an element like that. Sometimes it'll be the chords or sometimes it'll be like a guitar riff or something like that. Just something, you know, whatever it may be. But then the main part the, and the thing I'm really sort of trying to hone in on recently is not getting too far ahead of myself in terms of concept. I'm like, everything is just a step like like instead of thinking about building a wall necessarily out of brick for example and and just imagining what that wall looks like and then trying to like build that i'm just like i'm gonna lay a brick down and then here's the other brick how do i lay this brick down next to it or you know based on where the first brick is okay now i got two bricks now here's the third brick how am i going to lay this brick down you know in relation to these two bricks and i think yeah. that um so the sentiment i'm trying to say is like you know you put one element down into the production and instead of getting like five steps ahead of myself, I'm just like, okay, this is what I have right now. What can I do to add to this? And you just like step by step, just keep building something, you know, and it's mm. always in relation to the thing that happened before it and the overall thing that you're building, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think that's a really important 
way to view the process is like it is just you just follow um follow the white rabbit as they say you know you just keep you just keep moving until you you end up somewhere you know and if you end up somewhere great that's beautiful if you end up somewhere just average that's fine too you know like you just save it you maybe move on and come back another day like yeah and that's that's you that's usually the process and also i i bake in like vocals as early as possible as in like a scat take i want to get that vocal in quickly 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 and that's something that people who work with me when i'm producing a session notice as well is just how quickly i want to get those vocals and just straight away let's get something vocally down because that will help with the production you know what i mean overall we'll have more of an understanding of how to build something around you know a vocal basically super yeah. important well it yeah. informs the production a lot because often if it's just production you can fill up so much space and then forget mm. that you need something which is going to take up a lot of that space yes exactly yeah you need, you need to um you need to see it as a whole and not just not like music and vocals it really is one one piece yeah do lyrics ever come in at the very start I, I lay the scat down and usually, you know, the scat has lyrics in it, even if they are just sort of gibberish bullshit, <laughs> they yeah. usually have some sort of lyrical substance. And um, again, with like that whole philosophy of like honoring, you know, the process behind um, when, I, when I start writing lyrics, I'm usually just looking to the scat for what it's already saying and being like, okay, so what did that sound like? Oh, zibba, dibba, dibba. oh yeah, no, 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 no. You know, like, you're kind of not, not trying to overthink or like, oh, how can I create something very profound here? I do think that there's something really awesome, at least, at least with my music, the thing I like about it is that it's very primal. You know, it's not, not overthought. It is coming just from this, like, it's like just from the gut word vomit almost vibe. Um, and I feel like that that is an accurate representation of who I am as a person. You know, it's just like very like, let's just put it out there without too much thinking. So, yeah, lyrics sometimes do come at the start. Sometimes I'll like accidentally scat vocal, take actual lyrics that just I'm like, OK, that's cool. Maybe I'll just change that one word. And now all of a sudden the song is about this. Yeah. But yeah, I, it, it is. Um, lyrics are a tough one. Like for me, lyrics have always been hard and it's because I don't even listen to music with lyrics in mind on my first listen or even on my fifth listen really i'm always just like taking in the sonic information for a, for a long time until i even realize what a song is about lyrically you know that's really interesting i feel like people are so split between if they listen to like the instrumental first or whether they, they go straight to the lyrics it's interesting that you yeah. might be more instrumental initially yeah yeah i think i think just just sonic even um you know like with the words and phonetically how everything sounds like it it's like I'm I'm hearing the vocals, I'm hearing the the quote unquote lyrics, so to speak, but um I'm not I'm not um I'm not really like taking in the the sentiment of the poetry behind it. I'm more just taking in the the sonic value of the words and the you know the sounds really. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Would you want to talk a bit about um your recent song from the EP Demon and how that came about? Um yeah, sure. Uh, that one. <laughs> That's kind of a funny, a funny one because I I went to um, there's this clothing brand that I really like here in Auckland called Beach Brains. Have you heard of them? I haven't. Ah, okay. They're 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 a cool they're a cool kind of upcoming um, clothing brand, and they had a like a stock sale. 
and yeah. all this all this stuff is like real like beachy like surf punky sort of style like that's that's the vibe that they have so i went there i went to the the stock sort of like sale that they were having and i bought a couple of pieces of clothes and it just they were really like they're real cool it just reminded me of like some real like 70s like punky like real like lords of Dogtown type stuff you know and i was like this is this is me yeah so um when i got home i like chucked on the clothes i was just like trying everything on <laughs> and i was just like yeah dude this is dude. <laughs> and then i just like i i, I think i like use I, this, this has never happened ever this is not a part of my process but for this one in particular i kind of just capitalized on that energy i'm like let me go fucking just chuck like a sick like guitar riff down and just go and all that like real like punky sort of vibe it just, it, it just yeah. like put me i almost like played a character in a way like i put on those clothes and i felt like i had like suited up i was like oh yeah this is this dude i i, I know this dude like this dude's fucking radical you know like and i just <laughs> and I, I, I just like tracked it yeah yeah i feel like clothing can actually inform quite a lot of a mood i've never heard anyone talk about putting on like an outfit and being like yeah i need to make this kind of music but it totally makes sense yeah and it's it's never happened that's why it's so surprising because that's so unlike me and so like i i don't want anyone that's listening to this to think oh yeah that's how who shot scott makes music it's not it's just that <laughs> one time that's just how it so happened to happen and it's like that's fine as well you know it's like if it's if that's what it is that's what it is but um yeah it's cool i i, I do sometimes i think i do need a little bit of like a a higher sort of whether it's clothing or whether it's something else i do kind of um thrive with a bit more of like like that inspiration you know like having i mean we all do but like having a very clear sort of like vision almost like parody sometimes you know like i've, I've like one of my songs lona's anthem started off and i'm sure no i'm sure like my management wouldn't want me saying this but it kind of <laughs> kind of did start off like as a parody song like i was just taking the piss to begin with I just chucked on this like this like drum and bass sort of beat, and I was like, "You don't like a real like you know like straight up like D and B sort of rapper." Um, and then I like listened to it. I was like, "Oh wait, this this is kind of hot. Like I kind of like this." And then I made it into. Then I took it seriously. But it's just funny how like like sometimes things can just start off a little bit tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, this is just this is just a bit of fun. And then um and then before you know it, it's like oh shit I actually made something that's kind of cool I think Blur made song two that way as well really you know, yeah 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 it was like it was just like, it was just like a piss take song they just they were just like writing they wanted to write like the most like corny like rock song ever and it ended up being like the <laughs> biggest <laughs> biggest song true um mm -hmm. so we're talking a bit about visuals how do like they play a part in your creative process do they come into the song or just afterwards. Do you mean like my music videos or do you mean more just like visuals in the sense of like overall? Yeah, just your visuals as an artist, like imagery and also videos. How that comes in with the songwriting or when you start thinking about that? Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, with, with my with my actual visuals for Who Shot Scott, I kind of do just express what I want to uh, Connor Pritchard, who's my creative collaborator when it comes to everything visual. And um, I trust him to do a, to do a good job. But when I'm in the music, I am very visual myself. I do have some. I don't have them here, but I do have some, some um, art books like by artists that I like. So like Picasso, mm -hmm. like Basquiat, and stuff like that. Just real, like kind of again, just sort of experimental art styles, things that are a bit surreal. Um, a lot of expression, and I um, yeah. I, sometimes I'll I'll lean on them for inspiration, but I'm also really aware of because I'm so visual, 
I'm really aware that I may over romanticize what something sounds like based on what I'm looking at. It's like the whole thing of mm. if you go to like a a beautiful batch or something, you know, out on the beach and, and you're writing songs and you have this beautiful view. Does the song actually sound good or is it just are you just making a connotation because you're looking at this beach and now everything sounds good, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm really careful. I'm really careful. I love spaces. When I work in spaces, I love them to be extremely straightforward and bland. Almost just mm. like like I don't want there to be too much of a vibe in the place I'm working at out of fear that mm. I might create something that sounds like what I think the vibe is, you know? For the most part, studios are pretty pretty generic, pretty similar, I feel, you know? Yeah, yeah, true. Like you've got the two speakers, you got your desk, you got your thing. So it's like you you kinda of get in the same headspace, whichever studio you go to, you know? Do you find you need to have much when you're making music? Like do you need to have guitars? Do you need to have like a MIDI keyboard? What do you usually need? No. No, I'm I'm running FL Studio 11 stock, full stock, nothing. I don't use any VSTs. Um, I don't Oof. even play guitar really. Yeah, I don't use anything. Bro. You know, what I do use. Um, this is not a. This is not going to be a video uh, podcast, is it? No. <laughs> but wait, let's describe what's happening right now. This okay. is this is my tool right here, man. So I'll I'll tell you right now. I'm letting the cat out of the bag, bro. <laughs> what is this thing? Casio, oh yeah, CTK. 4440 straight up $400 Casio keyboard nice all the best synth sounds I, I literally plug this thing in uh straight through just like a line just like an instrument like a it's like a normal cable I remove yeah. like all of the the built-in like shitty reverbs and chorus that they put on there but it has great stock synth sounds and I just like I'll track them straight and I think um yeah a lot of my songs have this guy's synths on there <laughs> yeah that's sick it's nice to kind of use less expensive stuff. Is there a reason behind just using stock stuff? I just, I don't know. I just, first of all, I just didn't ever really get into VSTs. I, I sort of always started from like a, a bit of like a struggle perspective in terms of like making music. Like I never had great gear. Like I, I can afford great gear now, but because I started off not being able to afford it and having to make do with very limited resources, I think it actually benefited me in a lot of ways because i it forced me to learn the core of what makes great songs um mm. and it's not about what you use it's about your actual creativity and like how deep you can go down that route you know yeah. so i think i'm just i'm just sort of like honoring the the struggle you know like honoring like that the fact that I, I came up that way and i honestly i feel like the sounds that i get using the things that i and also just just i do want to clarify like when i use this i'm running it through so much processing you know what i mean i'm running mm. it through like distortion and chorus in the box so, like not obviously this is, comes with very stock sounds but um i'm running it through like a whole bunch of things to give it the aesthetic and the coolness that you know like the color basically sometimes and this is not to come across like judgmental or anything because i think vsds are great like if you just use whatever tools make you great but sometimes i feel that around like you know producer talk within one one another hey man did you get this new vst did you get bro did you see bro you need to get this you need to get that it's like i don't know i i just feel like it gets a little bit more it's, it's like almost people think having a vst or having a certain piece of equipment is is automatically going to make you a better musician when it's just not the case you know what i mean um yeah that's there's that's, definitely a lot of that i guess in the producer community is that like people love gear it's like a big part of the music and it's yeah it's an interesting bridge between the really technical side and the creative side and trying to 
balance that because I guess it is important to have those technical aspects and have people who are really great at that. But sometimes it's not yeah. always the most helpful mindset when you're creating. Yeah. And, and, and also to clarify, I, when I finish my production side of things, I bounce it off to get mixed and it gets mixed properly. You know what I mean? It's getting mixed on pro tools with all the, like any effects that I've done on my end, which are stock, um, usually I'll remove and then we'll recreate them. Sometimes we won't, sometimes we'll leave them wet as they are. But, um, a lot of the times, like anything that's not been done properly for the sake of just getting ideas down on my end um, is always retouched and executed at a high level at the end of the process. So what I'm talking about here is more about just putting ideas down quickly and efficiently. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So has all your music always been mixed by someone else? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I feel that there's a, there's a level of, I, I think I can mix very basically. Um, but I think there's a when when you as an artist who produces get someone else to mix your stuff, provided that they're really good. You're not just you're not paying for skills only. You're actually paying for an objective ear, and it's something that you can't really put a price on because you, you've just been you know a lot of the times we we're just sitting down with these projects for so long, and we've gotten so nitpicky, and we've and, and pretty much like we've gotten sick of them by that point to make any real like decisions based on mix you know what i mean so i feel like i go to when i go to mix the main thing i want other than the, the obvious skill level of the mix engineer who by the way josh strand is really really good <laughs> but like other than that is just is just the objectivity he's like you know he can hear something and be like okay i hear what you were trying to do maybe this is a better way to do it or something like that you know and at the end of the day i'm in a my main thing is just making sure that the ideas are executed at the highest level. So my my ego, my own, oh man, but I wanted that. Like I throw that out the door. At the end of the day, it's about this final product or I don't, let's not call it a product, the final art piece um, being at its highest level, you know? And I think that that's why that's important to me. It's so easy to lose objectivity at a point in the creative mm -hmm. process. Do you have certain people you like to show your songs to or you, do you hold off until it's done? It differs. Every now and again, I think I... Like I do have a select few people that I really trust and that I know won't gas me up and tell me that my stuff is good when it's bad or bad when it's good. Um, and yeah, I I usually do go to them, but it's interesting. Like I, I kind of go for those opinions once I've already made my mind up on what the song is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like listening to the opinions isn't actually going to dictate whether I release the song or whether like I finish the song. It's more just like, a little test market of oh so i made this song i believe in this very objectively and you ha you have to be um really honest with yourself about if mm. you think you've got something good or not if it's, if it's really truly speaking to you um so then and, and once you define what that is for you um then you go take it to your trusted sources whether that be like a few people or your team maybe and they tell you what they think of it it's more just like oh, okay cool i just want to know what you think of it but it's actually not going to change how i feel about this i feel this way about it so Lona's Anthem, when it gets a million streams, how does that affect yeah. you? It doesn't. It doesn't affect me in any way. I don't think about, um, yeah, it's great. I'm so happy, you know, like that people resonate with the song. Um, I'm very, I, I, I distinctly draw the line very strongly between art and the industry and the more like business side of things. Um. As an artist, my job is finished when the song is finished. 
I've expressed everything I can. I put all my ideas down. Um, if you know, I, I've 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 won basically. Like like I've the, the equivalent to like getting a million plays or whatever someone thinks is a success. I've already got that when I finished the song because for me that's doing something for me and that makes me feel good. So artistically, it's done. Then you know the line is drawn. Then we obviously you know I do want to have a career in music. I do want to like release stuff and I want to be successful and all that stuff. That that world I've separated very much from my artistic expression. It is it exists only because of my artistic expression, um, but it's very separate. I can't let I can never let. It's very easy to be let down if you allow market conditions to influence your art. You know what I mean? If you look at oh well, this song did well, maybe I should go create more like that. Or if you um you know you you put your heart and soul into a song and then it performs poorly, it's like well. When you when you go in the industry and when you realize the way it sort of operates, you do realize that oh, it's not actually so correlated between again going back to the subjectivity thing. There's no such thing as good and bad, right? It really is very much like an industry machine thing. It's like well, sometimes songs are huge because people have put a lot of money behind them and a lot of marketing and the video is really cool or this and that. There's a lot of things that aren't actually related to the art itself and the value of the art that makes something great. Now, not to say that you don't like to, to even have this conversation, to even be a successful musician. The music, it's the prerequisite. The music has to be great. Like, there's no doubt about that, you know. But um, we, we yeah. Once once I release stuff, and I think most artists should try to practice this as much as possible. Whether whether your favorite song gets a million plays or your smallest song gets a million plays, it really that's great. But that's that's only affecting a more like industry side of things your art and who you are as a person and your expression should be very solid and none of that exterior noise should be able to infiltrate or you know mess with that because then what do you have you know i mean you need to be really in control we are chefs you know what i mean we're we like michelin three michelin star chefs it's like you don't go back in the kitchen and say hey actually can you make more of this like no i am i'm the artist let me let me tell you what i'm doing this is this is my vision and we move this way you know and you have to be you have to guard that for sure yeah, yeah, wise words. Well, should we move on to the next section of the podcast, which is called Nerd Chat? I'm just going to ask you five quick nerdy production questions with Beautiful. answers. Let's go. I'm, this already, I, I, I didn't even know this was a part of the podcast, but I'm so hyped now. Let's go. <laughs> this right. is sick. Favorite plug-in instrument? Um... Favorite instrument or plug-in instrument? Plug-in Sorry, instrument, I, but we could broaden it to instrument. Um, because I don't use any like I don't like VSTs and stuff. Because I don't yeah. use, yeah, I don't use any. So um, well, let's change Casio. it to instrument. Let's go Casio. Yeah, sounds yeah, good. yeah. My my Casio CTK forty four hundred is yeah. my favorite. <laughs> well, you might have the same yeah. issue with this next one. Favorite plug-in effect or just effect in general? I'm using uh, on on FL. There's this great. Uh, plugin called hardcore which is like uh it, it's a uh, it's like a virtual pedal thing and it's got oh, yeah. like reverbs reverbs and chorus and distort distortion um so you asked me which one is my favorite of the bunch yeah probably just probably just uh probably just the distortion on that there's a there's a great a great sounding fuzz and overdrive on, on there which i love i put on a lot of my vocals and just a lot of my instruments in general so yeah that one uh vocal chain like what do you use when you're recording your vocals um i run it well i mean i obviously this is for me when i'm making demos it, it usually is subject to change but um I usually just run it through like this like 
max loudness saturation thing that I have. That's like always my the first thing in my chain. <laughs> and it just brings everything way up. And then I like carve out hella. I do like two EQs. Uh, first one is just, um, you know, cleaning up everything, cleaning up all the dirty frequencies that I get from saturating everything way up. And then the second one is more like um, carving out like for stylistically like a bit more top end or a little bit more like a little less bass. Uh, compression, like a ratio of like four to one or something like that. Um, usually then like a, at the end, a, a little bit of like distortion. Like I'll, I'll, I'll send it off. Like I'll bus it to the distortion I just mentioned before, just to add a little bit of, a little bit of fuzz or a lot of bit of fuzz, who knows? And yeah. And then, you know, you, you delays and, and reverbs to taste whether it suits the song or not. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, what's your setup like? Yeah, oh, um, my mic currently is Neumann TLM one hundred three. I really love that mic. Um, I every now and again I will chuck a little seven B up if it's like depending on the studio I'm at. If I just can't be stuffed like setting up the whole thing. Yeah, and I'm currently yeah I'm currently running it because I, my laptop's a little bit older and I was literally just having a chat with my manager this morning. He's like, man, you gotta update the laptop right now. You gotta upgrade it, but um. My laptop's old and it doesn't like uh, the UAD software. Uh, so I'm currently still using Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. Oh, yeah. An um, OG. Yeah, an OG, yeah. Um, so I'm plugging my TLM into my Focusrite and also my like Casio or any instrument. Like, you know, if somebody comes over to play instruments, it always goes through the Focusrite. Um, speakers, I'm, oh, and then sorry, my laptop, MacBook, um, FL Studio 11. Has to be eleven. That's like the version from way back in the day. Um, and the speakers I'm currently using, although I don't, again, like I just have more like reference speakers, but I have Adam Audio A3Xs, which are really small, and they're sitting next to my mate Josh's Focals, which are a lot yeah. bigger and a lot more capable of getting better stuff. But um, I also just like, I know because these Adams are mine, I can just absolutely thrash them, and if they bust, they bust. Like I just sometimes I just want to like absolutely blast the music. But yeah. yeah. Nice. Is there a piece of gear that you want to get in the future? Um, I mean, I do need to upgrade my laptop and probably get my an Apollo twin. Um, so definitely those. But I'm sure there's like a piece of gear that I've always wanted. Honestly, like just like a move, like because I, I, you know, like I would love to just have a synthesizer. Mm. You know, I'm obviously, I'm obviously getting. Oh yeah, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting like real generic sort of sounds out of the Casio, which is cool. But it would be cool to have an actual Moog or maybe like a Juno or something, you know, just to, or even just a whole bunch of synths, you know, just at my disposal, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that is yeah. the end of Nerd Chat. Well, should we move on to looking into the session of yours, if that's all cool. good? Yeah. You said Lona's Anthem, yeah? Yeah. I mean, up to you. It's any track you want to play through. I think, cool. I think, I think Lona's Anthem would be a good one. Should we, should we go through the track and have a listen to some different parts? Yeah. Yeah, let's. You know I'm banned from the light I never come on sight because I'm anxious at night I've done this all my life and I was happy when I Did not compare to those who love to dance through the night And now it's normal life but I'm just acting alright But boy it's so on sight inside this acting I might It's really not a vibe I'm super anti I mean the song kind of is built around the drums Like that was the first the first part of the song that I think I like wrote all the like main lyrics and, and melodies too so where did the drums come from the... were they a splice 
start, yeah, it started off like how I said before, like I'll start off with a splice loop, but then I'll like switch it out. I'll like chuck tr in my own grooves and then I'll, I'll add to it. So I don't even think if, if the splice loop is in here, it's not actually at the forefront. It's more like what I usually do is I will take it and usually, you know, splice loop has like all the frequencies in it. I'll like take it and then I'll remove, I'll roll off a lot of the low end to the point where it's just kind of like mids. I'll even roll off a bit of the top and then I'll take that, whatever that loop is, and I'll usually saturate it and compress it and stuff, but then add my actual, my own kick and my own snare on top to give like an actual feel, like a drum feel to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, but for this, I'm, if I recall correctly, what I did here was I just started off with the loop, chopped it up, made it do the groove that I actually wanted because it probably wasn't, and then yeah. rolled off a lot of the stuff and added my own drums. There we go. There you go. Beautiful. So would that be, so that's the loop and then would the kick and snare be from splice as well? Where would you get those samples? Uh, yeah, I think, I think those that kick and snare would have been from splice as well. Um, I do have some kicks and snares like, and like drums just saved as well. Yeah. Um, but I, be I believe I'm just trying to recall that session, but I believe they were probably, I probably would have just pulled them and found a kick, you know, like a new kick from splice that I felt did the trick and then used that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard and a lot same, of people same, using. Same like Reddit and stuff to find samples. Have you ever tried places like that? Um, maybe back in the day when I used to download like full packs um, yeah. of like kits, I used to be like, oh man, where do you find like the <laughs> Metro Boomin, you know, like the, like, you know, back in the day it was like, who was that one for Lex, Lu Lex Luger and stuff like yeah, that. Like, the real, yeah, yeah. The, tra the trap he produces. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I used to, I used to definitely, yeah, hunt around for like the, the, what's it called? Um, the the packs, but now I just feel like Splice has everything I need because I usually will put things in and affect them how I feel. Yeah, I have in my mind. You know, I get something as close as possible, if not perfect, and I'm like, okay, cool. I need it. I need to fix this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sweet. Should we have a, we listen to the bass? Yep. How did you create this bass? <laughs> it's just it's it's literally just an eight oh eight man. It's just like literally. I th I, th I th I think the, the bass came after the the lead synth that I put in because the lead synth was playing like a melody and um so the, I just felt that the bass just needed to follow the same the same melody you know um yeah just to like drive just to drive forward um so yeah it's literally just like fat 808 with distortion on it and just yeah yeah just, I mean just would you get that from splice or would you like make it in a synth or how oh no I would I would get an 808 from like either like a trap kit or maybe it was from splice i had a lot of 808s that i go to in fruity loops that i've like downloaded yeah. in the past from like pa those packs that i was talking about so it may have been one of those yeah. um but yeah i usually just find like the fattest 808 i can and then add some saturation to it yeah yeah so in order of creation would have gone drums then the synths would that have been the next thing that came in actually this one was drums then vocals because the vocals came straight after the drums Oh, yeah. Um, but it was like it was like scat take, you know. It was just me like rapping, like, and then I was like, all right, those sound cool. And then the third thing was the synth, yeah. And yeah. then I went back in and started adding stuff, yeah. Should we listen through the vocals? Yeah, 
You know I'm banned from the light. I never come on sight because I'm anxious and I I've done this all my life and I was happy when I did not compare to those who love to dance through the night. And now it's no more life, but I'm just acting alright. Yeah, so actually that that first line, you know I'm banned from the light, was actually a skeptic. Yeah. And then the and then so so I so again like going back to your question about like writing lyrics and stuff, I think like that kind of I just said banned from the light in my scat take and I was like okay where yeah. could I lead that and and the rest was was scat but then I like started writing I'm like okay so banned from the light maybe it's a song about like yeah not not liking to be out in public or something and then I just you know just one after the other just sort of like wrote wrote the yeah. lyrics in yeah do you often write in order as the song goes through or would you like jump into the chorus if that's feeling the most exciting or yeah no just just whatever whatever's feeling the most exciting just following following the excitement and the bit that yeah. like is is kind of like the the idea that is just sort of presenting itself the quickest yeah at me yeah i usually will just like run it at that as, as much as possible and then sort of see where i'm at and if i feel like ideas aren't coming i'll just like walk up like move away from it and then come back later and see if there's any ideas but um i try to get as much of the scat feel of like the overall sort of sections done within the first 30 minutes to, to an hour so that when i come back yeah. to it whatever and, and if i like it i know i have like a whole song's worth of melodies and ideas down that i can always like pull from it e even if they don't get used exactly as they are i can yeah. they may they may inspire me you know what i mean i may be like oh that's cool like let me you know yeah it means you have a bit more of like an actual song there when you come back if it's just like an instrumental it could still go to so many different places exactly yeah and 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 i don't like the um i'm very much i'm very big on like having a cohesive sort of direction you know so as, as many things as i can do early on to bring that direction to life the, yeah. the happier i am yeah. yeah yeah nice well should we have a wee listen through the synths yeah cool so it's so interesting like the less elements you have the more full it sounds it's such like yeah. a you wouldn't think it would be like that but it's it's crazy yeah yeah it's crazy it is what was it what was the synth sounds made on um there was it was a loop it was, a, it was like a loop on splice i remember because yeah. i just chucked it on i chucked it on right after i had done the vocals and the drums and i was like ah oh, i feel like because at that point the drums and the vocals were great like i, I kind of had this like direction but the synth was really gonna cement where i took it you know what i mean yeah. i was like okay so so i decided chucking stuff in from splice I, I actually downloaded like a few different synths that i liked as i like i'll listen as i'm flicking through splice i'll keep the my session rolling like i'll keep listening yeah. to the stuff and then like um kind of like auditioning this this the sounds as i go through them yeah um, and so I, like, I, I found a few and i was like okay cool i had like maybe four of them and um, I just chucked them in one at a time, made sure to like stretch them to time and keep the yeah. like the original pitch. And they all sounded pretty good. But then when I heard that one, it just like I was just like, ooh, you know. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's literally it was it was there was no more thought than just ooh, I like that. And um, yeah. And then and so yeah, it it, it was it, it's just a synth that literally goes do 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 do. But I just um like I obviously like saturated it, affected it, and then created as you heard through there, like I created the sections. So like there's yeah. the like normal and then there's like a high one that comes in and then like a low one that's, that's just by pitching it up and down and like messing around with it when did the guitars come into the production they they were the last thing they were one of the last, last thing? things because um i felt like with my production alone i didn't have 
the I, like I saw the direction. I just felt like oh, the guitars would add that more punk feel. That it already had a very yeah. punk feel, but it had more of like a synth punk feel. Whereas I would would have loved at that point. I wanted more Ramones punk feel, like a mm. much more like actual like guitar and stuff. So I sent it off to my uh, my mate Abby, and he um yeah he just came back with these like real simple kind of just like following the melody and then played a little riff. Um, and then I just like, he usually sends me like if I send it to him or most guitarists that I send stuff off to, um, they'll send me more than I need. And I'll just take the bits that I think are, yeah. you know, that work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Nice. Do you know yeah. like how he recorded them just on a guitar on, do you know what he used? Yeah, probably- he probably just like a line in, you know what I mean? Just like a really yeah. normal sort of like guitar setup. Because yeah, like all of the all those effects and stuff, they were done on my end, all the saturation. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. It would have been like real simple, but then I like, you know, filthed it out with all the crazy, crazy stuff that's on there. Would it have come to you like completely dry or with like a bit of an amp tone and stuff? Sometimes there's a bit of an amp tone, I feel. I'm trying to remember this one. It was like real quick. Sometimes I don't listen to like I won't listen to the um the guitar. I'll literally just chuck it in the session, hear it in the context of the session, and then I, I like I'll quickly start adding stuff. So I actually sometimes don't even know what he sends it with because I'm so quick to just like chuck it in and and hear it in context. Yeah. But I feel like maybe there was a bit of an amp tone, and then I would have added like more, yeah, more distortion and more like saturation to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, and final stem is it? Yeah, the backing vocals. Yeah. At what point did you bring in the backing vocals? They're usually pretty early on as well. Yeah, especially with these these backing vocals and the hook are actually kind of like the the main. They're sort of like the the recognizable part of the song. Yeah, because um, there's this part where I'm just like yeah 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 in between the the hook phrases it's like yeah 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 everybody looking at me yeah 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 and so um, yeah, yeah yeah it was like that 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 idea was like kind of like very early on came, came to my mind yeah, but yeah nice. I, I do a lot I, I do a lot of background vocals just like to add the energy you know screaming and yelling and all kinds of stuff like that yeah 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 no it's funny just listening to stuff completely out of context so <laughs> <laughs> You then kind of need to yeah. blend it in with the rest of the track and be like, oh, that's what it sounds like. Maybe I'll then yeah. play a bit of like the the final so we can hear what it sounds like together. The A, the a and B, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mean. Well, thanks, thanks for giving us the stems and the last time to look at the track. That was super cool. Yeah, man, 100%. Shall we move on to the last segment of the podcast, which is called One Second Songs? One Second Songs. Okay, cool. So what this is, is I'm going to test you on your knowledge of your own music that you have produced for yourself and for other people. So I'm going to play you cool. one second of these songs and you're going to tell me what the song is yeah. and who it's by. All right, cool. I love this. Let's do it. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Wait. Hold on. One question. Yeah. Do I get more? Do I get more than one listen, or is it just one listen? Uh, I mean, it changes from person to person. We'll see how well you do. All right. All right. Let's see. 
it's so lethargic. A pain I can't get up off me. It's so one side. The story. Abandon the pressure. Abandon the pressure. That is correct. I, I just needed to like. I, I need my brain just needed to like run through it for a second. Like I know that. I just don't know what it is. Okay, cool. Takes a second. Okay, number two. Cool. Way too speedy. Oh, uh, that's pretty so. Uh, yes. I'm way too speedy. Uh, Do you know the I song? I think I heard. Yeah, I think it's. I, I've done a few for him, so that's why I'm just like questioning which one it is. I think I heard like a little flute in the background, and I think that's called "Talk Too Much." I believe that is correct. That is correct. Yeah, You're two doing for, well. Two for two. Two oh, for man. two. Number three. Buddy, I see which bad things by Who Shot Scott. That is correct. Oh, yes. You're doing yeah. well. Okay, number four. Oh, flying by Black City. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's crushing it. Now, That's to make easy. the last one a little bit harder, this one's in reverse. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> See if you no. can get five from five. Here we go. All right. <laughs> you can have it again if you'd like. Do you want to be famous? That is incorrect. Oh, no. Can <laughs> I hear it was, one more time? Can I... You can, you can. Then. It's demons. Well, oh, four from five. That's not it. bad. I just, I just, it's funny because like I heard the reverse one is so tricky because like I heard it and I know the colors. Like I was like, okay, I know the color of that. Like I'm so familiar yeah. with it. But I think that both demons and kids want to be famous have this like specific guitar in it. So it's yeah. like I just confuse them. Damn, so close. Yeah, that's ah. a very good effort. It's very respectable. Alrighty, last couple of questions. Are there some artists and producers that you'd like to shout out in New Zealand that you think are doing great work? Oh yeah, um, this, is, this is kind of a tricky one because I feel like if I leave, <laughs> out, then they're gonna be they're gonna be pissed. But um, I think I've obviously shouted out Josh Strand from 0800. I think he's a great artist, great engineer. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot. There's um there's a lot of great singers like judah kelly who i was working with at song hub she's really good insane voice follow brigada i really like them i think they're yeah. awesome yeah damn i just i feel like <laughs> i just i know the thing is I've, I've got so many that i admire and i know so many of them so i'm just trying to like go through yeah. but you know it's like i have too much information coming at me um <laughs> it's a tricky one i think those are some good tricky. answers yeah, I feel like there's more. I feel like like after this ends, I'm gonna I'm just gonna have a thought to myself, and I'm gonna be like, oh, why didn't I say that? It's so obvious. You can send some voice recordings, and we can edit yeah, them yeah. in at the end. And this person, and this person. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, well, thanks so much for coming on today and chatting about your music and your production. You had some amazing ideas and words, and I think everyone's gonna love hearing it. Awesome, man! Thank you so much for having me on this, bro. This is yeah, I love this podcast. I love I love talking music, so this is cool, man. Appreciate it's it. always fun, always fun sharing music. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can find us on Instagram under the production line. I'd like to have a big thank you to today's guest for joining us and taking the time out. I'd also like to thank APRA for supporting today's podcast, as well as Isaac Rajan for the artwork and the many artists whose songs were played in this episode. My name is Tom PK and I'm a producer, songwriter and musician. You can find all of my music on streaming services as well as today's guests. Thanks for listening. <laughs>